It's pretty awesome to be in church on Wednesday night. Amen. Thank the Lord. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, if you would, tonight. Verse 16. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and Walk in them. Can you imagine Almighty God dwelling in you and walking in you? God walking, using your feet. God using your hands and your mouth and your eyes. He's awesome. You was talking about it, wasn't you? Being awesome. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you. Now listen what happens if you go on to be more than just being saved. Being saved is wonderful. But don't misunderstand me. Saved is not good enough for me. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not sorry. Saved is not good enough. I want more. I've got more. I mean, he's got more than being saved. Now, saved is good enough for a lot of folks. It's all they want. But it ain't good enough for the bride. Well, you imagine a girl dating a boy and he buys her chocolates all the time and roses and carnations and all that sort of thing. Well, in reality, would that girl rather have the carnations or rather have him? If you get him, you get him and the carnations and the chocolates if he continues to do it, that is. Right? Why would you want to marry the carnations? Why not marry the man that's buying them? So it's the same with the Lord Jesus. Why just get saved? Get the whole package. Now listen what he will do if we will separate ourselves. And will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, just singing this song and thinking about the words that we were singing together. Our God is awesome. I'm sure every one of us describing you and using the very word awesome would say, well, he's awesome because he made the universe, and he's awesome because he made trillions of stars, and he's awesome because he did this and this, and all that is true. But yet, Father, we realize it is your dealing with man that makes you so great. The sun has never caused you a problem. The oceans, Lord, the rivers, the trees, the birds, the plants, they've never caused you problems. It's been us. And yet, Father, you love us so much. You are willing to put up with us in our shortcomings and 
our failures and our faults, and we're so grateful, Lord. I pray you would help us tonight, Lord Jesus, speak to us from your word. May our attention be so gathered to the word of God tonight, Lord. May we lay aside our burdens, our worries, our troubles. May we set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Grant it, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. I think this is part that to me is so sad with so many Christians that never really learned the value and the full power of complete surrender is the reward of separation is the full manifestation of divine fatherhood. It can never be completely revealed to an individual who just serves God on the outskirts of Christianity. They give their heart to the Lord and they need a Savior. They want a Savior and He's so loving He will be their Savior. But for many, that's as far as they will let Him go. That's as far as they ask Him of. And He tells us, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. So the, all the heavens are full of the blessings of God. Then why should we just ask for just enough to barely make it through and escape hell when all the greatness of God awaits us? Now, when the Lord Jesus is here, of course, and the apostles, and he's fixing, he's preparing to go to Calvary, and he enters into this stage that we've been looking at for a couple of weeks in John 17. Now, when you know the setting of John 17, you know that actually that St. John 17 is on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, they are walking, and they're in transit. So they're on their journey to the Garden of Gethsemane. It will only be a few hours until the Lord Jesus will be arrested. When we come to the last verse of chapter 17, go to the very first verse of chapter 18, then John tells us they go across the brook Kidron and they go right into this place. So there is where, of course, he is arrested. Now, when you look at the setting of what they're, where they're going and what they're facing, the Lord Jesus is fixing to be uh, persecuted, tried, hated, crucified, but yet he spends his last few moments with his disciples in the course of their journey talking about this in St. John 17. To me, it so adds so much more value of what you know what you bring out of it now it is also i believe it is a prophecy of the intimacy of the church between christ and the church now remember you know whenever we say the word church that because we've been tainted with this uh, baptist church methodist church church of christ church of god church this church 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 but whenever we are talking about the true church i'm not talking about church now I'm talking about church spiritual. But remember, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. So Jesus knew that the term would be greatly abused. And we know the prophet tells us in the church age book that both of them will claim to be called church. Both of them will claim the identification of church. And that's the problem today, of course, that many in Christendom, they actually go into the promises of the New Testament and they read things which actually apply 
apply to the ecclesia of God, the elect, and they claim them promises, and they believe that's them. And the bride will read many of those promises and she will struggle. She will struggle greatly because her understanding of righteousness, her depth and her perception of the holiness of God is so much greater than church natural that the bride struggles more with her humanity. She struggles more with her weakness and struggles more with her shortcomings than church natural does because church natural just looks at, well, I'm under the atonement I'm forgiven the blood's for me and oh my praise God I'm on my way and on my journey and I'm just happy going that way but church spiritual has this insight to her weakness and her shortcoming and church natural does not even struggle with that so much oh I just said a mouthful you understand what I'm talking about. Now, church natural, they will look at the promises of God and their preachers will stand up there and they'll preach it intellectually. They're grabbing it and as I preach it to you this weekend, they're Greeks and they just take it well and may or may not make a difference in your life and they can quote it, you know, that His blood speaks for them and they're innocent and so on and so on and so on and yet the bride will read them same things and it seems like they struggle so hard. But it's because of the excelling excellency of the glory of God that we partake of that it helps us to see the very righteousness of God is so pure and so holy that Satan will take them precious truths that we understand and he'll try to turn them right around and use them against us which is very sad but yet we know then that the true church of the living God are those ones who will enter into that special place into that oneness of God of what the Lord Jesus prayed for now when we look at that then and we see that St. John 17 you know there, there are good ways from where uh, that Judas actually parts away but yet not that far either when you look at where the city center would have been and they go down the Kidron Valley and they come up to the Mount of Olives and the direct that they're going so it's not really that far but yet Jesus paced himself and he would have paced himself no doubt in a slow pace where he wanted to get this off of his heart as it was because now he's he's going to speak in a transitionary type of way and actually his dialogue is going to be very mysterious because for those who would have been there that day they were used to him speaking as if though he was in another world yet they would see him right there so that would have not been really something new but now he's going to do it in such a way that no doubt they're going to look at one another and their eyes get big the way ours would and they're trying to to understand what he's going to say because it's as if though that he's already in the future it's as if though he's already moved into his high priestly position already he's acting out what he's going to do when he ascends up he already almost as if so he's seeing things that as though they should be but knowing they are not and yet he's praying as if they are and the disciples are trying to understand exactly what's going on but we believe that the Lord Jesus knew exactly what he was saying do we not so he was not saying this now you know trying to impress them he's not saying it to try to act like he's deep or any of that sort of thing we know that men of God don't do that anyway but yet he's got this that he knows who he is and he knows who they are now what's the suspicion 
it up in, again in St. John chapter 17, verse 9. The words of the Lord Jesus, my, how they ring into our hearts this very night. And he says, I pray for them. I pray not for the world. So here the Lord Jesus is actually already started into the office of high priest. And he prays differently for his own than he does those others which will never be his own. Amen. Amen. Now, you can be saved and still not be his own because you are saved from sin, but being saved does not make you his child. Now, I know that's something to a lot of folks, but we ain't got time to go in it, but you know it's the truth. I pray for them, I pray not for the cosmos, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now, he does not say the world was given to him. Now, we know the Father actually gave the Lord Jesus some in time, but he's praying for those that were given to him from eternity. Judas was actually given to the Lord Jesus. Pharaoh, uh, many of their creatures of time, and that's all they are. They're creatures of time, and they are given to him to use as he will. Now, the chemicals that went to make this Gatorade bottle um, come from petroleum, come from uh, plastics and different things, byproducts of crude oil. It could have went to make all kinds of different things, but yet those who in the, the byproducts of separating it from the crude and they send this chemical this way, this one that way, that one that way. So this one was chosen because of the molecular structure, the chemical makeup that's in it. It was sent to make in order to make this bottle. Now had it been a little bit different chemistry, it would have been an X2 times Y3 plus an A4. It might have wanted to make a harder plastic or make some type of alloy or something else. Yet because of the chemical makeup, it was been able to make something which would be able to be a container which would be able to hold something that as far as we know now five years from now they'll probably say it causes cancer but as of tonight it's okay for humans to drink out of it well if it had been another type of chemical it would have been a Y3 times B4 times 2C over a 3Y well that might have went to make a blue Lowe's bucket that said Lowe's on the side which they would definitely not recommend that you drink Gatorade out of why because the molecular structure the composition the chemistry makeup of it it's not safe for inhabitants or humans to be able to drink so when you look at it then of the mercy of God in the election of God it is an order of divine chemistry well you take one plus one plus one and the way that the world looks at it they come up with three but they don't understand the divine chemistry of God you take one eternal out of that one eternal comes a being called the logos but you add them two together and you still don't get two but you still get the same one manifested in a compound revelation of his deity well then what he wants to to do is expand beyond that so you take one eternal and you get one logos out of that one eternal and then you get one elect out of that logos so you get one eternal plus one logos plus one elect and what you get you still find up as one family and they're all still deity well praise God 
Now, they will come and embody a natural earthly body which will fully be redeemed. But while they are here, they're still reflecting that. So Jesus then prays for them. Now, others, you know, you take them and you got a Y3 plus a T05 and a 604 and a 01 plus 5. Well, that will be the church. Well, you take a 3 over 5 and a 6 plus 9, that'll be the 144,000. And then you take a 356 and a T04 and this and that and the other. What do you get? The whosoever will good. Now it all comes together to make the whole program of God but it's not me and you on this side that saying put the T plus the Y plus the 3 plus the compound over this. No, we just try our best to read it as he writes it out in the program. But he's the one who does it. So don't sit here tonight and tell me he's unjust because he's just in everything that he does. So here he is the very just one himself. Now notice then he said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me already, already done, which thou hast given me, thine, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. So one plus one plus one still equals one. So they are mine, and mine are thine, and thine are mine and we are one and they are one so we're all one so you see it ain't one plus one plus one equals three no it's one plus one plus one still still equals one divine God I'm going to go ahead and say it it's probably going to make you nearly swallow your false teeth but if you have eternal life you are deity on the inside of you you are just as much deity as the eternal himself. I know you keep looking at it as the, the human element, but you got your eyes on the wrong part. You need to look at that one plus one plus one, and that one is you, my brother sister. There's only one form of eternal life, the prophet said, and that was you. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Now notice he said, all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now here again we get the name I am. I am glorified in them. So Christ here is speaking of things which are not, but speaking as if though they already are. Now he's speaking as if the disciples are doing these tremendous works, and they're bringing to pass such divine glory, and the Lord Jesus is is being glorified by what they're doing. Yet we know in truth they had done very little. You know that they were quite carnal. They argued among themselves. They didn't understand this. They didn't understand that. He sent them out to preach and they come back and their understanding even of that was so carnal because they're rejoicing because devils are subject to it. Jesus had to even correct them on that. So their perception of it was so far off that the Lord Jesus is now as if though he's already passed. It's as if though he's already passed away and he's raised from the dead and he's already ascended into the presence of God and he's already receiving glory from the apostolic church which hasn't even been born again yet but he said I'm being glorified by them or receiving glory from them so he's glorifying his name by successfully the preaching of the apostles and the Lord Jesus is thanking the father because he's already receiving glory and they're not 
even born again yet. Can you imagine? They're not even filled with the Holy Ghost. Peter's going to deny him just in a few hours. He's going to curse. All the apostles are going to run away from him. But the Lord Jesus has already transcended time. And it's as if though he's already moved into it. Praise God. My brother sister, if you could only hear him tonight, he's probably already saying, Father, thank you for the bride is already here. Thank you, Father. She's bringing glory to my name. Amen. It's not perhaps. It's not possibly. Oh, I hope they will. I hope they will. He don't have to have hope. He knows we will be there. Oh, mom, notice how are they going to bring glory to him? By their deliverance from their condemnation of their former life, by being new creatures in Christ Jesus. And you wonder, we get in our mind that glory as well. You know, when a preacher prays for somebody and then God heals them, oh, oh, that brings glory to God. Look, friends, there's more ways to bring glory to God than divine healing and miracles. Do you understand every day that you live in this evening, day you are a testimony of the saving power of God and the keeping power of God we're living in an age when people are crazy they've lost their minds they're totally insane they don't know if they're a man or a woman they don't know what they are come on now they don't even know what they should marry they don't know if they should marry a man or a woman a pizza a car they don't even know anymore they've lost their minds I was reading just this week we're in Berkeley California that they went through all the municipal rules and they're ruling out ever gender oriented thing like manholes and manpower and man this and man that because it's too offensive to women so I guess they're going to call it it holes from now on and it power and thusm and wasm and ism and asm you know I'm not sure what they're going to call them they don't even know themselves manpower and man what in the world's wrong with people they're crazy I said they're crazy and yet here you sit tonight in your right mind going to church serving God and you wish oh I wish I could bring glory to God you are you're living his words you're doing what God tells you to do the Lord Jesus is being glorified every day you live on this earth because you are a child of God Hallelujah. You see, by their very change in their character, it's bringing glory to God. By you being a new creation, you are bringing glory to God by your testimony, by your life, the way you live, by the things you do. And you're looking for miracles and supernatural. That proves a, such a misunderstanding. I find it even among preachers. Preachers think, my, the only way you can bring glory to God is casting out devil, healing the sick, having dreams, seeing vision. And you know what? When a man says you realize he ain't even got to first base yet. He don't even understand what the glory of God even is. The glory of God is not bringing glory to you. Glory to me as some preacher. It's bringing glory to God, not me. It's not glory to you. Well, me and my ministry, me and my, forget it. It ain't about you. It ain't about how great you can preach, how great you can sing. It's what we can do for the kingdom of God. Oh, hallelujah. By their public profession of the gospel of the Lord Jesus, by their zeal. And here the Lord Jesus is saying it as if though they're already doing it and they're still jealous with one another. They're still fighting with one another. But he's going ahead and thank.
thanking God, Brother West, as if they were all already born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise God. Lord children, I don't think we understand what the glory of God even is sometimes. You realize by your holy wall that you are testifying to the excellency of his power. By living in this age when people are, as I said, insane and people don't know what right and wrong is anymore. And yet by his spirit inside of you, you are bringing glory to God just by things you do every day and things that you don't do every day. You are bringing praise and honor. Oh my, and glory into his presence something angels can't even do angels can't overcome smoking angels can't overcome drinking they're not bothered by that sort of thing but yet you live in this world brothers do you realize every time you turn your head when you see a woman that's not dressed right you just anchored more glory in the kingdom of God every time you're down and weary oh my and the devil tries to say God don't love you and you say shut up devil my father loves me you just brought glory to the name of the Lord Jesus even when you're going through trials and you say the Lord give and the Lord taken away blessed be the name of the Lord you just brought glory to God but I'm afraid a lot of us want that glory we want to let people know, well, I prayed for so-and-so and this happened and I done this and I done that and I done something else. That's a bag of wind. A person like that, don't worry about it, not ever amount to anything. God will never use it. Well, you get quiet on me every time I say it, but I'm going to go and say it anyhow. Look, friends, I'm telling you this. If you want God to use you, always remain little in your own eyes. If you want to be sure God will never do nothing with you, then get puffed up within yourself. I guarantee you God will never use you. He can't trust you because you think you're so important. Oh my, the big this, the big that. Every one of us are replaceable. Well, hallelujah. As the purchase of his blood, we bring glory to his name. Amen. As trophies of his power, we bring glory to his name. And it happens every day that we live. Oh, I want to get up and sing this song to the glory of God. Well, that's good. Harry plays his organ, I believe, to the glory of God. Brother Larry, these musicians, we do it to the glory of God. That's good. But we just don't want to do it three times a week. We want our everyday life to be lived to the glory of God. But Brother Donnie, I'm a housewife. Nobody sees me. He sees you. He sees you. It's not about people seeing it. It's not just about people knowing what you do. It's him knowing what you do. It's you living that life. And every day you live it, you bring glory to the kingdom of God. Well, praise God. You see, as new creations of his grace being renewed and transformed, we are bringing glory to the kingdom of God. As subjects of his empire, we prove how our king leads his people in this gentle way. 
Unlike Hitler, unlike Rome, unlike many of the empires of the world that beat and thrashed and whipped and hated their people and destroyed them, we prove by our simple obedience how gentle our Lord Jesus leads his bride on. Oh, I know we get whippings every now and then. I know that. But they ain't nothing like the emperors of the world have done. So we prove by when we do do wrong. Look what we do. Lord Jesus, please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that or say that. And what do you do? You bring glory to God because you repented of your stubbornness and your hard-headedness. Even in our mistakes, he turns it around. Amen. I write unto you, little children, that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, which is Jesus Christ the righteous, who is the perpetuation for our sins and not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Even in repentance, you make glory unto God. Notice St. John 17, 11. And now I am no more in the world. <laughs> wow. And yet, you're right there with him now. You're one of the disciples, and you're right there hearing him, seeing him, touching him, you know, seeing him with your eyes. And he's standing there, Brother Mark, saying, I'm no longer in the world. Now, they've been rebuked by him for a few times, so they probably was afraid to say anything, you know, afraid to look at one another. Because he was the type of guy who knew what you were thinking when you didn't even think it out loud. So they probably tried to be as reverent as it did. But can you imagine trying to understand this? I'm no longer in the world. Lord children, I hope you can understand what I'm fixing to say. I ain't either. What about you all? Well, I'm in it, but I'm not in it. I am no longer in the world. I haven't been in the world for decades. Now, my body is still here, but my nature has been heavenly for years. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. So what was the Father's name? Jesus. Keep through thine own name. Wow, I wonder why he didn't say his word. I wonder why he didn't say his power. I wonder why he didn't say his miracles and healings. But keep through thine own name. There'll be times you won't be able to feel the anointing. There'll be times miracles may not be around near close enough where you need them. But if you have an understanding of the name and now who you are that you're bearing that name... You'll be kept as Miss Jesus when you don't feel anything. Praise be to God. Amen. It ain't just a name that we say. All kinds of people call the name of Jesus. It don't mean nothing, but to us, it is our married name. 
Praise God. You've seen me do it and you've seen other preachers do it as well. I mean, a girl walks up there as it happened last Friday night with Sister Carrie and she walked up there with her father's name that he gave her when she was a little baby. But after a few moments of a ceremony and they spun around right there and I present to you Mr. and Mrs. Philip Davis. What happened to her name? She forfeited that name to take on the name of her husband. Praise the Lord. Well, if she gets sick, if she gets wore out, if she gets old, if she gets decrepit, amen, she still has her husband's name. If you understand it tonight, whether you feel him or don't, that has nothing to do with it. You are, amen, identified by his name. Keep them through thy name, Father. Hallelujah. Keep them through thine own name. Those whom thou hast given me. So according to Jesus, all people wasn't given to him. (coughs) That they may be one as we are. So one plus one plus one equals one. Now notice, he says, I am no more in the world. Let me just say it to you this way so you can understand it. I have finished my work. There is no further employment for me in this world. Can you imagine if the Lord Jesus was in this church tonight? He would actually not get up and preach. He'd tell me to. If there was anybody here sick that needed prayer, it'd probably tell me, Brother West, Brother Darrell, Brother Terry, these other ministers, you, you brothers, pray for them. Why? His job was done. Do you understand what he's given to his church then? My, my, he himself could have lived here for 2,000 years and could have been in every church if he so desired in every church age. But that's not what he chose. Praise be to God. Notice he says, keep them through thine own name. I'm no more in the world, Father. I'm about ready to leave the world. My job is finished. My humiliation. Now notice, saying it as if though it's already done. My humiliation is past. My death is history. I'm in the resurrection. I am now intercessor and as high priest. I'm praying for my disciples. Not just the 11. But for us. Praise be to God. His warfare is done. His reward is already received, which is his church crowned. I am no more in the world, Father. Notice it, but these are in the world, and they will continue so. These are in the world. They're going to be here. He knew how long the church ages would be, and he, now he could have said, Father, I, I don't want them to be here anymore either. I want them to go away. When I go away, I want them to go away too. But that's not the way he prayed. But I want you to notice it shows that the Lord Jesus, can you imagine now, 
how homesick we get. We've been hearing about heaven, and my, it's put such a desire in our hearts, a hope that we want to go, and we don't want to live in this old place anymore. But yet, can you imagine the Lord Jesus now, just in a few hours, he's going to start his passion, going to go through the suffering, and he knows that he's going to enter back into that glory that he had with the eternal before the foundation of the world ever was. But he isn't so self-centered and so focused on himself that he's thinking, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait, oh boy, I'm going to leave this world, I don't care about you all, y'all just make by however you want to. But instead of that, he's saying, Father, I'm concerned about them. I pray for them. Thank you, sir. We need to get rid of our selfishness. That's one of the best guides I know to see if you're filled with the Holy Ghost or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just watch folks how they live, and if they live for others, that is eternal life, living for other folks. Notice, now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee. Now I want you to notice how he says this. Holy Father, keep through thine own name. When speaking of himself in reference to the Father, the Lord Jesus addresses him as Holy Father. John 1 5, John 1 21, John 1 24, and then the one we read here. When speaking of his disciples in reference to the Father, oh my, he refers to them as Holy Father. When he speaks to them about himself, he says, Father, but when speaking about the world, he says, Righteous Father. Righteous Father. Notice the designation of the title given to God because each of them pulling from the attribute of the, of the adjective which describes the attributes which they need. Now you know there's times that we all need healing, right? So what do we do? We call on the name of the Lord and those scriptures, I'm the Lord God that healeth thee. What are we doing? Pulling on the name of God, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah is our healer. Is that right? Well, you have needs and what do you do? My God will supply all of your needs. You're pulling on the attribute of the name or the character of God that applies to your needs. So what are you going to call on when you need a body change? You're going to call on him who has power over the body, the power over mortality. You'll get the crowning on the final phase of his name when that name ministers to you the final change of your body. Notice this, keep, he says, through thine own name. Keep, keep through thine own name. And the word means preserve, defend, sustain them in trials, save them from apostasy. Well, how many believes with all your heart the prayer for those for whom this was made for will be answered? And if this prayer was made for everybody, there couldn't be no apostasy. But it wasn't made for everybody. It was made for the ones of the ones of the one. Right? Notice now, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Now remember, Peter was standing there when this was said. And Peter years later said, Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Jude also, foster brother of the Lord Jesus, was there as well. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. 
Praise God. I believe a child of God can live so close to God, they don't have to be up and down and in and out and up and down and falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up. No, I believe we can live so close to the presence of God, the same Holy Ghost that can forgive me of my sins. Can He warn me about them? And tell, hey, avoid this, watch this pitfall. Come on, saints. I don't believe that we have to live a defeated life and constantly stay in constant repentance. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Oh, God, here I go again. Here I go again. If that's where you live, you need to move higher. Well, praise God. There's more for God in your life. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You imagine the Lord Jesus, the smile on his face, the joy that will be expressed at that day from our lovely Lord. Amen. It will be so exceeding. Why? Because you have arrived. Notice the very heart of the Lord Jesus. Oh my. He's facing scourgings, whippings, trials that no man has ever suffered. And his unselfish love is, he's praying for us. Praise God. Keep them through thine own name, whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. Well, what is the world? When we talk about the world, the cosmos, and the what is the world? People say, well, that's worldly. That's of the world, and this is of the world. Well, what is the world? You know, John described it very well, the inspired definition that he gives us in 1 John 2, 16. For all that is in the world is, notice this, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now here is expressing the three offspring of the cosmos. These are the three children of the union of Satan and the order of the world, the cosmos. And this is the offspring. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Now no matter what sin you talk about, what shortcoming you talk about, no matter what name you give it, it falls into those three categories. Then he stumbles through this and said, well, Brother Donnie, you say Jesus understands how I feel. They didn't have televisions in his day, and, and they didn't have marijuana in his day, and they didn't have cell phones. No, they didn't. But they had the same three things, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. No matter what name you call them sins, it comes by the same avenue in the human beings. It is the offspring, and when we are born into this world and our natural human anatomy, we are inbred with those three tendencies, the weakness of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Well, I wonder if I'm going to get an amen out of any of you now. Even when we're born again, our body is not born again. And you got to bring your body, keep it under subjection every day. Oh my. So here is the world that Jesus is praying that we would be kept from. Notice in verse 12, St. John 17, 12. While I was. 
How many know the word was is past tense? While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. But what's amazing is we have no record in the Gospels where Jesus ever went around saying, In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father Jesus, in the name of the Father Jesus. How did he keep them in the Father's name? Now we think by repeating the words, the name Father or Lord Jesus Christ or Adonai or Yahweh or Elohim or whatever more. We think by repeating that, you know, and we, it ought to be sacred. Yes, it ought to be sacred. But here they were kept in the Father's name and we have no record that Jesus ever said his own name, which was his Father's name. How did he keep them in the Father's name? The Father's name was represented by the declaration of the Father's word. So the word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. I just quoted you a quote from Shreveport in 1965. The word interpreted, so what was the Lord Jesus doing? He was keeping them in the Father's name. Now, of course, the Jews then, as well as now, many of them will not even say the name of God. You go to a Jewish rabbi, uh, uh, rabbis or many of their Jewish websites, and you go there and you'll find G, comma, or slash D, because they will not even spell G-O-D, because it's so sacred. And yet they crucified that very name. Now they won't say the name because it's so sacred and it's so holy and yet they crucified the declaration of the name of God. Now the same in Christendom today, many of them, oh my, they never take the Lord's name in vain and they love Jesus and they talk about the cross but yet they're crucifying the same name of the Lord because the word of the Lord interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. Why? Because this is God's name. This is God's strength. This is God's revelation. It's who He is. Don't you understand? This is what is keeping you. So you can scream Jesus all day long. But if the interpretation of the Word of God of this hour is not living out of your life, you still don't have power over sin. Even though you scream Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't bother the devil. He's looking for a manifestation of that name. Praise be to God. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Though, boy, Jesus must have been hung up on that election stuff, wasn't he? Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. But the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Oh my. Now you realize the Lord Jesus is an excellent shepherd. And it's a shame for a shepherd to lose one sheep. But the truth of it is, Judas never was a sheep. The Father gave Judas to Jesus for time to be a partaker of a ministry, to have a God-given Holy Ghost ministry. Boy, I got your attention now. 
Now, notice this, I have kept them in thy name, Father. Now he's speaking as if he's already died, raised, rose again, and already ascended to the throne of God. Notice in St. John 17, 6, I have manifested thy name. So how do you do that? So how would you manifest the name of Yance? Mullen, Reagan, Horn? So Jesus said, I have manifested, but as I said, we have no record that he ever went in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I come in my Father's name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Boy, I got y'all's attention tonight, don't I? I have manifested, not called, not spoken, but I have manifested thy name. Unto the men, notice, unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. So it lets you and I know that the rest of the people never saw the manifestation of the name of God. What was the manifestation? It was part of the parables that he called them aside and said, uh, I speak to them in parables, but to you, I'll go ahead and tell you the full secret. That's my father's name. That's the way I'll reveal him. I'm manifesting my Father's name to you because my Father's word is his name. You're still not getting it, are you? The Father's name is his word. See, we're, we're so hung up just on saying the name, the name, Jesus, 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 Lord God, Lord God, Jehovah, Elohim. We say, oh, that's it, that's it. That's not it. That's not it. We can scream it every day of our life, but it's when we link the name with the word and it releases the power of that. People can scream Jesus. You remember the son of Sceva whenever they come up and they thought they were going to cast out some devils. And they said, well, Paul, we know, and Jesus, we know. And they said, we cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul preached. He said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Now, they were saying the name. They was using the name as if it was a magical potion. Don't you understand, friends? Many religious people do the same thing. And they were saying, Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. They pray over the food. In Jesus' name. And some even baptize. In Jesus' name. But it's not just saying his name. It's the manifestation of his name, which is the word interpreted. Do you understand this very day, those of you that have lived the word of God here in Wednesday, oh my, July 29. You have manifested the name of God by living a life that is above sin. You have manifested the Father's name and the Father's name has kept you this day. Hey. Oh my. Let's read that verse 6 again. Which door did the devil go out of? Anybody seen when he left? I have manifested thy name unto the men, not everybody, but unto the men whom thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Oh, I love that verse. We need to take a series out of that. I manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about their choice? Apparently Jesus didn't believe in their choice. He never even asked him, what about it, boys? Y'all want to go? I come down here to die for somebody. Will y'all feel sorry for me? Please, please, please. Will somebody feel sorry for me? Nonsense. I said nonsense. He never come down here hoping somebody would die. He come to redeem his own. Notice, and then back to verse 11. Now I'm no more in the world, but these are in the world. I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those 
whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. Amen. He can say the same down through seven church ages of 2,000 years of span of time. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. Amen. Notice in the church age book, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For it was he who should betray him, being one of the twelve. St. John 17, 12, scripture we just read. While I was in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Again, St. John 13, 10. Jesus saith to him, He that is washed, needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. It wasn't no surprise to Jesus. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, you are not all clean. I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen. But you see, that's one-sided. Sometimes the chosen don't know that they are chosen. But what's more important than that is the chooser knows who the chosen are. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. Boy, that was a good one, wasn't it? Amen. We went for years of our life and didn't know we were chosen. But the, cho- the chosen one knew we were chosen. Amen. Aren't you glad he revealed it to you? I know who I have chosen. Oh my, but that the scripture might be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now if language means anything at all, we must admit that Judas was chosen by Jesus. St. John 13, 18. Yet he was not clean. St. John 13, 10 to 11. Judas was also given to Jesus by the Father. John 17, 12. Let it be noted here that the choosing and giving is exact parallel as in the illustration of Moses and Pharaoh, Jacob and Esau. For though Esau and Pharaoh were both foreknown, they were predestinated to wrath. Get your waiting boots on now, children. While the end of Moses and Jacob was glorification. 1 Peter 2, 8 and 9 shows both reprobates and elect. Even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient. Whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation. Judas was numbered with the twelve. And actually had a part with them in the ministry previous to Pentecost. Gotta go on. Acts 1, 16 to 17, men and brethren, the scripture must have needs been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now listen, the part that Judas obtained amongst the twelve and then lost was neither inferior to their ministries of the other eleven, nor was it a devilish foreign ministry inter-injected amongst the ministries of others. Acts 1.25, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his uh-oh, own place. Judas, a devil, Lost 
a God-given Holy Ghost ministry and killed himself and went to his own place. Praise the Lord. Now think of it is, Judas was not operating under Beelzebub. Judas was not operating under a demonic influence. Judas is under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Oh my, here we go. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I'll tell you one thing. I'll pray for the sick. I'll cast out devils. Uh-huh. Jesus said they'd stand there that day and say, I cast out devils in your name. I've done this, that, and other. They say, depart from me. I never knew you or I never had as it was. That, is, that actual word no is a sexual idiom, a Hebrew sexual idiom for a man knowing his wife. Jesus said, I never knew you as my wife. You were anointed. You cast out devils. Oh, have all the visions you want. Have all the dreams you want. Do all you want. If you can't be corrected by the word, you've got a devilish ministry. That's all. Listen to me, friend. I'd rather have the word of God than all the gifts and all the visions and all the dreams. Praise God. Now let me tell you something, friend. If you haven't studied some of the lives of the men in the 50s, it's quite astounding. Whenever a preacher come to my church in Kentucky, I was still a Pentecostal and started preaching. Brother Branham was Malachi 4. I don't mind telling you, I got mad at him. I did. I got mad at him. Yeah, I, I crossed him big time. And I thought, I'm going to get in the scripture here and I'm going to prove he's wrong. But I proved I was. Well, then once I saw in the scripture that there is Elijah coming, then I thought, well, then who was it? I started studying Jack Coe's life. I studied A.A. Allen. I studied every man in that era that I could get books on and read on and study their life. Many of them had miracles. Many of them had supernatural. They had all kinds of things, but none of them left a message. Now, if you're looking for a university, follow Oral. He's got a big one in Tulsa. Well, praise be to God. Hey, Allen didn't leave that, but he left this and that and the other. But what did William Branham leave? There is no university, praise God. There's no bridge named after him. There's no highway named after him. But he left a message that was back to the Word of God. Amen. There's no museum built in his name. There's no denomination. Oh, the message people have tried to make one. But what did he leave for us? Oh, praise be to God. A love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my. Praise the Lord Jesus. Let's read this last paragraph again. I know it's staggering. Judas, a devil, lost a God-given Holy Ghost ministry and killed himself and went to his own place. His name was even in the book of life, but his name was blotted out. But his name was not in the Lamb's book of life. Praise the Lord. So you can see now when Jesus is walking in this journey 
on the way to Gethsemane. Judas is not there. So he's relating to his church and praying for his church, those present and those yet to be born, of what future events will happen. Notice in St. John 13, 18, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Well, why didn't Jesus give him an inferior ministry? You've heard me say it before. Whenever the Lord Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me, they questioned themselves before they questioned him. It wasn't like the Judas had a woman problem that was conspicuous and everybody saw it. You know, Judas had this problem. He'd sneak out and get drunk every now and then. And you'd smell it on him. And, and Judas had, to, you know, to nicotine and tobacco in between his fingers. And, and every time Judas would get all upset, he'd go to cussing, cuss everything off the hinges. You know, Judas was so close to the rest of them that they questioned their own experience. Before they questioned him, as a matter of fact, when they sat at the Lord's Supper, they did not sit upright as we do, you, you know that, but they would lean back on the table and Judas was leaning right against the bosom of the Lord Jesus. Judas on one side and John on the other, and John reaches over and said, Lord, who is it? He said, to him to whom I dip the sop, and the Lord Jesus takes a piece of bread and dips it down in the sop and hands it right over to the other man. You imagine you got John the divine on one side and you got Judas the devil on the other side. Woo! Praise God. Listen, friend, we got false anointed ones right among us. But I'll tell you one thing a true anointed one can always be corrected by the word. Always corrected by the word. It makes no difference how much they sing, shout, jump, what their gifts are, and nothing else. A real son of God, daughter of God, can be corrected by the word. And if they get a revelation that's contrary to the word, and the pastor shows them it's contrary to the word, a person with the Holy Ghost will say, Amen, brother, I repent. Well, praise the Lord. Mm. You see, Judas was called the son of perdition. The word means the one doomed to destruction. Notice in verse 13. Now remember, Judas was never a sheep, so it wasn't like that the father give, give Jesus all these sheep and this one sheep was lost and this poor one sheep, he never was a sheep. Praise the Lord. Notice in verse 13, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy. He's fixing to be beaten and whipped and tortured, and he's praying for us and for the disciples. That we can have his joy? That they may have my joy fulfilled. Now notice where he wants the source of the joy to be. Not exterior. Not even just going to church. Well, I'm, I'm so down. I'm down. I'm going to church. I'm going to this singing. I, I'm going over here. I'm going over there. Friends, sometimes it ain't a wonder we don't get the right kind of joy when we go places to look for it. 
But Lord Jesus don't want you going to a ball game looking for joy. He don't even want you going to, to, to church alone for the purpose of getting joy. He wants you sure to get boost in your joy, but he wants your joy to come from within yourself. You get it from me and you get it from this man praying for you and that man praying for you. That ain't what the Lord wants. The Lord wants you to have his joy fulfilled in yourself. Joy unspeakable and full of glory from the baptism of the Holy Ghost in your soul. Oh that they might take my joy and have my joy. That they might have my joy. It's not yours. It's not yours. Oh, it makes me so mad at the devil of how much of Jesus' joy we let the devil affect in our lives. Praise the Lord. My, my. Oh, he prays for us being left in the world, and then he doesn't stop there, but he says, Father, I want them to have my joy. So Jesus must have had a joy, Brother Terry, that was beyond human comprehension. And we know that he, had, he was constantly persecuted, born, oh my, from the very day he was born, the prophet said to the day he died, he was hated and persecuted. But there must have been an inward joy that was so sustaining through everything that he went through that he wanted his children, every one of them, preachers, deacons, trustees, men, women, he wanted every one of them to have his joy in them. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Christ is the author, the originator of real Christian joy. It ain't got nothing to do with how much money you got or how much money you ain't got. It ain't got nothing to do with your bills are paid or they ain't paid. If we could only tie into this when things aren't going good, we could still have an inner joy. When everything on the outside said, I ought to be so down, I ought to be so sad, and I'm feeling it, sure, it'll affect your joy. But Jesus didn't pray for your joy. He prayed you'd have his. This is his will and his desire that we can have. His joy. Grant it to me, Lord Jesus. You imagine the end of his intercessory prayer. Oh, I love this also in St. John 15 11. Let me read a couple more places and we'll close. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you. Now, what's the connection now? As they correlate together, and your joy might be full. Ours will get down. He knew that. Ours would be like this. But if we could ever get ours with his, you imagine Jesus sitting down. What's the matter, Jesus? Oh, I'm depressed today. I don't feel good. I'm just so sad. No, that's the way we do. So he said, you know what? If I can get your all's joy coupled up with my joy whenever you get up and everything ain't going good, you ever have them days? You ever have them days? I mean, you just minding your own business. You go to the, to the pantry and get a box of cereal, and you reach in there, and you get your Cheerios, and you pour it out, and there's bugs in your Cheerios. 
It said, man, a lot of water day. So you say, all right, fine, no problem. I'm getting a Pop-Tart. Well, you get a Pop-Tart, and there's bow weevils in your Pop-Tart. And you say, fine, I'm going through the drive-thru, and I'm getting my favorite chicken McNugget biscuit or whatever it is you eat at McDonald's. And you go through and say, sir, I'm sorry, we're out of them today. Or you pull up there, and you give them your order meticulously slow, loud, and everything. And they say, would you repeat that? And you go it again. I want one large Dr. Pepper. I want one chicken biscuit. One coffee, latte, latte, raffe, whatever that thing is Carol likes. With no sugar. Sir, did you say two donuts and three scrambled eggs and two pieces of bacon? So a few times I've just said, ma'am, give me whatever you want me to have, you will anyway. Well, I say I'm not the only one that has those experiences. Thank you for sharing your, your troubles with me. And then what do we do? We cut off his joy by limiting to our weak, feeble joy. St. John 16, 24, hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy. Brother Terry, this is the way he wants us to be. Friend, I wonder how it makes him feel when we're so sad so much of our life. I know we've got so much around us that affects us, but aren't these scriptures still true? Did these scriptures expire 50 years ago or 100 years ago? I believe they're true to this very day, don't you? Well, what is this joy? It was the joy that supported him and his humanity. Ain't none of us ever been through what he went through, and it supported him. So if it supported him, it'll support you. Let's stand. Let's stand. Verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Aren't you glad to be on that side? So don't be discouraged when people, I mean, you know as well as I do, you know there's something in most of us we want to be liked, don't we? We, 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 want, we want to be liked, we want to be accepted. The world is never going to like us. They're always going to hate us. Our doctrine, our dress, everything about us, they're going to hate us. But in one way, you should be happy. They hate you because you are not of them. Praise God. Aren't you glad you're part of the real church? Let's bow our heads together. Oh, Heavenly Father.
As we stand here tonight, Lord Jesus, with our heads bowed to the dust of the earth from whence our bodies came. How grateful we are, Lord Jesus, to know that that very day, as you were walking toward the Kidron Valley, I cannot imagine how your heart must have felt. In just a, a little while, the disciples see your composure change. They hear you crying, sorrowing, agonizing, groaning. It must have been overwhelming for them until they got so sleepy that they just fell asleep. And then you come and wake them and they hear that again. And, oh, how, how could it be that you who had just expressed such love and concern for them and now you're crying and you were afraid. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you. Help me to be like you, Lord. Help me to be like you, Lord Jesus. That I won't be self-centered and selfish. Help every individual here tonight, Lord. That we will look and see what not so much can Happy Valley do for me. What can the church do for me? What can Brother Donnie do for me? But may we get rid of those selfish ideas and say, what can I do for the cause of Christ? What could I do for Happy Valley to make it a better place? What could I do to make Brother Donnie's load lighter? Apparently some folks study and meditate on what they can do to make my job harder. Instead of trying to pray for me and do what they can to help me, they spend much of their time trying to make it harder for me. We know that's a selfish life, Father. No doubt some husbands do that to their wives and family, and some mothers do, and some children do. They don't really study and say, what can I do to help the family? What can I do to help Daddy and help Mama? Daddy works hard to provide for us, and Mama does her part. And What could I do as, as a son or a daughter of this family to make this family better? Oh, I wonder what our church would be if every member here, Lord, would take that thought. Instead of thinking, well, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I wish they'd ask me what I thought about this, and I really don't think we ought to do this, and I really don't think we ought to do that. In my view, in my opinion, I wish they'd ask me. I'd give them a piece of my mind. Lord, help us. Do we realize when we're spewing that out, that's our testimony. We are telling heaven and hell how great we think we are. So we ought to sing the song this way. How great I am. How great I am. We make fools out of ourselves, Lord. If there's anything that will ever be accomplished out of any of our lives, it will be because of your mercy and your grace. There ain't no great ones here among us, Father. There's only one great one, and that's you. All the rest of us were sinners that are saved by the grace of God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to humble ourselves and keep humble, Lord. I pray, Father God, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, of not letting your joy rule our lives. But time and circumstance and events and things that happen around us 
Lord Jesus, help us. Thank you for your prayer, Lord. I don't ask you, dear God, to make me the greatest preacher. I don't want to be great this, great that, great something else. I just want to be whatever you want me to be, whatever capacity that is. But I do know one thing. I want this part of your prayer fulfilled in my life. That your joy can have supremacy. Supremacy over the conditions of Laodicea. Supremacy over feelings in my body. Situations of time. Praise God. Lord, I've walked into hospitals and seen you perform miracles. I've prayed over hundreds of thousands of people around the world and seen you do all kinds of things. Constantly getting testimonies and praise reports of prayer cloths and handkerchiefs. I thank you for that. That's part of my ministry, of what you make me. But Lord, I'd rather have your love, your joy, your peace than all the gifts piled in a pile. Oh, if I can have that in the gifts, fine. I'll take that too, Lord. Because the gifts aren't given for me. They're given to minister to your children. Help us tonight, Jesus. Help every musician, every song leader, every deacon, Sunday school teachers, every officer, those in the library, every one of us, Lord. Help us not to come to church here thinking what can be done for me. But rather... What can I do tonight make, to make the service a little better? Would it, would it help Brother Donnie if I said amen instead of nodding my head? When it gets a little tight, when everybody else is quiet, that'll be my signal to say, preach it, brother. Help me, Lord, that I won't be obnoxious and I won't be one that'll gather attention, but help me, Lord, if I feel the man of God in a tight spot. Help me, Lord, to say, preach, Brother Donnie. Preach, Brother Darrell. Lord, if that would help that man of God, I, I want to do it. Lord, if the hand clapping's a little bit slow and people's a little draggy, Lord, help them and they're singing, I fly away to put my hands together maybe a little bit louder and clap just a little bit harder to do my part, Father. Oh, grant it, Lord Jesus. We love you with all of our hearts tonight, Father. Forgive us of our failures. Forgive us of our weaknesses, Lord. Live through us, Father. This is what you said you wanted. I want to live in them and walk in them. Let them be my sons and daughters, and I will be their father. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we just raise our hands in his presence? Don't you love him tonight? You appreciate his word? You believe we've heard the Father's name? The word interpreted, the manifestation of the name of God? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many wants to go out of here tomorrow and face, face tomorrow and out of here tonight rather than face tomorrow with a new understanding of bringing glory to God in your life? Not just how many people you witness to and how many ask you how many, you know, what church did you go to and all that sort of thing. Just living your life every day by the Word. Turning your head, praying, reading your Bible, bowing your head, praying over your food. All of that. Everything you do of testifying to the grace of God is bringing glory to the kingdom of our Lord Jesus. 
Friends, you realize not one angelic being can bring deferred glory from earth upward. The only glory that our king truly gets is from the earthly subjects that will allow the manifestation of God to come through the lives. Angels cannot do this. Myriads of angels are in heaven praising his name and blessing his name. But he wants glory from this earth. Praise God. I want to give it to him, don't you? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing something for us. Sing something for us, Harry. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit. Yes, Father. Hallelujah. I will be your house to dwell in, flow through me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Have you enjoyed church tonight? Let's give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's look for, I know we're eagerly looking for the weekend services. They don't get here quick enough, Brother Terry. But let's just look forward to the services. Come expecting, come praying. Pray for these services. Between now and Saturday, let's do some praying for these services. Will you do that? Let's just pray that God will just come down among us, even in a greater way than he already is. And it's great the way it is, isn't it? Shake hands with somebody. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Remember service here Saturday night at 7 o'clock. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord.